0: Here
1: comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money,
0: money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar. Counting.
1: Dollar, dollar. <laughs> ching, 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 bling, bling, cut the chatter. You ain't talking money, then you're talking no matter. Ching, ching, bling, bling, in pockets. You take a dollar, dollar, can a damn soul, stop it. it. This... What's up, everybody? It's IBS Eases coming at you guys in the darkest of days. We are on day, what, seven, eight, I don't even know anymore of no sports. Coronavirus came in, nobody seen it coming, and it just took over, shut everything down. It's been dismal, dismal. It's hurt my pockets, it's hurt my heart. I have nothing. Um, I wish I could say something encouraging people, but, I mean, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Like we literally have nothing. I can go to work and I can come home. It's like God put me on punishment. That's how I feel.
0: It's uh, it's not ideal. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell people. Uh, I jokingly kind of said on the page that it took a national uh, emergency, a national pandemic, to slow down the streak we were on in golf because, I mean, we were on hot fire, uh, but it's, it is it is a serious thing, and that's the one thing I, I do want to say and just get out of the way and then move on with it is that, you know, please be careful. Uh, it, it's not people our age uh, that it affects the most, and especially with the symptoms from what they're saying, you know, it's weeks that you can actually be infected and not know it or maybe not even have, uh, you know, serious symptoms, but I know we all got mothers, grandmothers, uh, people that are elderly, people with, you know, heart conditions, respiratory uh, conditions, asthma, et cetera, that uh, it it can really hurt them. And so that's kind of, to me, what's been the scariest thing about this is we don't know how many people are infected, and you have to worry about infecting those that are in that situation that could be, you know, it could be deadly, too. So just... Be careful with that, and, you know, just to go over your point, just a few of them I listed in the last week we've lost. March Madness, like, it was one of the first ones gone. Major League Baseball is postponed, uh, the opening. NBA is postponed. The NFL is saying they're on schedule, and that's, thank God, what we're going to talk about here. Uh, The PGA Tour canceled, uh, you know, I thought they were going to give it a shot. They canceled after the first round of the players. They've already said the Masters is going to be rescheduled. Now they've moved the four tournaments in May, including the PGA. So now we're two majors uh, that who knows when they're going to happen. So uh, it's been bleak, man. Uh, you know, it's like what you're saying. You're either going to work or, uh, you know, getting any chroma sports you can. But, you know, I just suggest people to hopefully this will get better. Uh, sooner rather than later and obviously we want people to be healthy but i know that me and you want to get together and you know continue to provide content for our listeners and as we both said you know talk about sports because there's there's not a lot of that going on right now
1: man listen i don't even know what's going on anymore if corona doesn't turn into the zombie apocalypse i'll be extremely disappointed at this point everything's (laughs) been shut down i fully expect to be the Woody Harrelson of the real life Zombie Land is what I'm looking forward to. But if not, it is what it is. I mean, people are saying things will never be the same. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you should still wash your hands and take precautions to you know not spread diseases and germs. But I, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll go back to things as usual next year. It's just going to take some time um, because not everybody oh, yeah. is up to date on on being clean. And somehow, some way, people in the NBA keep getting it, so we probably won't get the NBA back. But, I mean, we'll give it a shot. I think for sure NFL will start on time. It is disappointing about golf. Um, also, one of my favorite uh, springtime events, the Kentucky Derby, was delayed. Uh, but it's bittersweet because it's now supposedly scheduled for September 5th, which is three days after my birthday, and I always wanted to go um, kind of as, as a celebratory thing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um and hopefully that stays. Uh one other thing that we didn't uh mention um that it's affected as well is recruit recruitment. Uh recruitment just yep. in general in, in collegiate sports. Um and then also a lot of guys didn't get to finish their senior seasons uh in college. But um, you know, my uh wife's dad was talking about um some of the the difficulties of of some of these kids who are doing spring track and things like that getting getting tape out because well there's no meets a lot of high school events have been shut down and things like that um, typically some of the better runners generally do wait until the spring because they're playing football and other sports like that during the fall and and they're affected by that so um, it almost makes it almost makes you think of the uh, the Marvel Universe, when they had what they called the the blip, where people disappeared when Thanos snapped his fingers, and then people came back and they were trying to do life as normal, um, is almost like that. Like there's there's been a blip in the in the sporting world where things have kind of been put on hold, and then you have a situation where people are talking about maybe some seniors can come back and finish their eligibility and things like that. So it it, it kind of well they announced does that right. Some,
0: That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. The, the division oh. one has said seniors and all spring sports will get an additional year.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Um so that's that's good for them. Um and it is it is like I said, it's 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 different, it's uncharted territory, but we're we're here to talk sports. So um first thing first I wanna say rest in peace, Roger Mayweather, the uncle and trainer of Floyd Mayweather. Um if you don't know boxing, um one of Rogers Greatest contributions to the modern boxing world. is when he famously said that a lot of people don't know shit about boxing, <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> it was a meme. I mean, it was funny. It was a meme. I think I think he was. It was during one of Floyd's like tours uh, or pay per view uh, tours. I can't remember the exact fight, but it just became a, a hit. I mean, it was on T-shirts and everything, and that's kind of from a viral sensation that's kind of what he became known for. But um his contribution to boxing uh as one of the original Mexican assassins during the 80s and things like that is sometimes overshadowed by the uh the career that he his nephew had. Um and then also with uh some of the the bickering between him and Floyd's father, uh he doesn't get the necessary credit that he deserves in in making Floyd a better fighter. Uh, I mean Floyd's obviously gifted his father obviously got him to a certain level but Rogers really who put money Mayweather over the top and made him um the uh icon that he he became for his era and uh he'll he'll definitely be missed um in the boxing community um when he was healthy he was he was active um he he, he just was a straight shooter but but willing to help you know a lot of the young guys and give advice when he can especially uh with African American boxers as well and uh even though he had that moniker of uh the Mexican assassin he definitely was very close to a lot of young uh Latino fighters out there in the uh, Vegas area as well so he will be missed um and I just want to put that out there cuz we don't typically talk boxing but in the sporting world and we're short on news anyway that is significant so um like I said, rest in peace to Roger Mayweather. Um, well, we can't talk baseball, we can't talk basketball, <laughs> but we can talk football, and there's not even XFL. With there's right a lot up. of stuff it's going, going on. on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So, first thing first, let me put out a disclaimer that I did want to talk about NFL contracts, but they're so I don't want to say complex, but there's so many intricate things that goes into an NFL contract. I just wanna I guess tell people like I guess the bare minimum. When you see numbers like Amari Cooper, hundred million dollar contract, wait for the details of the contract. Because I can tell you right now, he is not gonna see a hundred million dollars. He's not. He's got I think a sixty million guarantee and that'll probably be all he yep. sees. Um he won't see five years. I mean he's just not. He'll see four, maybe Depending on how healthy he stays, definitely see three, up to three. But, like, these contracts, you have to see what the details are before you can uh, be critical. Um, another thing, like, with the Dak Prescott thing, like, just understand where Dak is, man. Like, as, as a young athlete, as a young uh, football player, and as a young quarterback in a market where it's literally constantly – changing for the benefit of the player nobody signs five-year contracts anymore I think I think uh I want to say Aaron Rodgers was like one of the more famous extensions a while back I think in 2012 he he might have signed like a seven-year extension or something like that like you're not gonna get that anymore like you're not gonna get that from anybody anymore you maybe get lucky enough that if Andy Reid stays around long enough that Patty Mahomes might stay, you know, lifetime in Kansas City. Already won, already won a Super Bowl, so it makes sense. But like somebody like Dak, like no way, man. He's not, he's not trying to thin or stay in, in Dallas with with the contract that he knows for a fact they're going to try to restructure and stuff. He wants his money closer to upfront than what people are comfortable with paying him in Dallas. And you just have to let it play out. Some of it is just business, you know. And and I think that Dak did the right thing by not signing that. I, I even told some people, you know, we'll just wait on it. And sure enough, uh, who is it, Tannehill got like ninety one million guaranteed. So if you're telling me Dak was gonna get reportedly a hundred and five million guaranteed and there are people out there saying he's crazy for turning that down and Tannehill got like ninety one, like come on man. Just let it play out. Um, see how it goes. I will say this that I think Dallas is is tricking this up. Um I've long lobbied for people to pay quarterbacks early. I've been lobbying for people to pay quarterbacks early since Kirk Cousins first got franchise tagged, like four or five, maybe six years. It was a long time ago. But I, I remember ranting about it in the group like a madman telling people like it does not help because the market for quarterbacks is constantly rising. And what you do when you franchise tag a quarterback is you set the bar higher than what it should be uh in the case of the Redskins, they didn't want to pay him twenty one million, and that's what he was asking for. I think they franchised him at nineteen to twenty. He had a breakout year, and now he wants twenty four million and they didn't want to pay him that, so they franchised him again, and that twenty four million that he um wanted he ended up getting something way crazier from the Vikings, and and I still to this day blame the Redskins for making the quarterback market so ridiculous because Kirk Kirk Cousins got paid, and then Alex Smith got paid, and then it just became a a thing of, well, what have they done to really get that much money? They haven't really won anything. And unfortunately, in the NFL, pretty much in all professional sports, your contract is based off of – who the last man in your position got paid, basically. Um, not necessarily what they've done. There are obviously levels to it. Like, Dak can't ask for what um, Patty Mahomes is going to ask for, but he damn sure can get more than Wentz and Golf, and they're making $110 million guaranteed, you know? So you got to keep that in mind, um, just especially when we're talking quarterbacks. But, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk because I've been talking for a while now, Keith, But I wanted to get your opinion on that as well with the Dak Prescott situation and the Cowboys. Do you feel like waiting is the wrong move, or how do you feel about the whole contract situation?
0: Well, I mean, he's getting 33 million next year, right? By signing basically the one-year uh, franchise. I believe,
1: tax. I believe it's it's about 33.
0: Yeah. Uh, to me, if if Cooper was not signed, I could understand why Dak might balk at signing a franchise tag. Because if you look at his numbers after Cooper came on, what was that, like the middle of the 2018 season, he has put up just unreal numbers, the, the difference before and after. So maybe if Cooper wasn't there you're saying, well, maybe his value will go down. But to to your point, his value is only going to continue to go up, especially with Ezekiel Elliott and Amara Cooper and still a pretty good offensive line. And, you know, I look today, Kirk Cousins got a two-year, $66 million extension. What has he done the last two years? You know what I mean? Since he's been in Minnesota, and they're just trying to avoid him to a a situation where he can get into free agency, uh, you know, I mean my guy Matt Ryan's making what, thirty million a year. And, you know, let's let's be honest, there's a lot of things wrong with the Falcons, but you know, they've won seven games basically the last two years. Seven and eight games. So guys are getting paid. I think Dak is doing the right thing. If they're if they're not gonna give him a lot of guaranteed money over a short period of time, which I, I believe the the largest record ever, you're more of a contract guy than me, that was floated out there. That, that's what that would mean is they try to kind of, I guess, make it team-friendly in the length or something. I I didn't totally understand it. But if you're going to get $33 million for next year and then you're going to be in another really strong position, uh, why wouldn't you do that? Um, to me, it makes all the sense in the world. But I've just been more surprised at the quarterback carousel that we've seen as a whole going on right now And I'm I'm ready to talk about the the just shocking, you know, because we talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. And, you know, I was asking you, none of the the teams it looks like Brady is going to sign with the ones I mentioned, but, you know, you said flat out there's no way he's leaving. And I kind of thought the same thing. But here we are that it's saying, you know, he he puts out the release he's definitely leaving. And now it it looks like he's going to sign with the Buccaneers, which is just baffling to me.
1: Um, I will go out and say that um, if I did say that a couple uh, weeks ago, I want to retract that statement. (laughs) I mean, some things (laughs) changed along the way. Um, Obviously, reports of not necessarily the relationship deteriorating, but negotiations. Like, there was basically no negotiation. Like, the the Patriots didn't even really try. Um, I'm not sure what the Patriots' plan is. I feel like they would have had some kind of strategy, knowing that Brady was not coming back because it seemed like it was a mutual parting of ways. But ultimately, um, we're going to always have this debate. Is it the system or is it Brady? Is it Bill or is it Brady? I'm going to go on record and say that I don't think it's really fair to ask that question now because Brady's like 40. I think they corrected me. Because I said I said he's forty, but like just generalizing forty. I don't I didn't know exactly how old he was. I just know he was like. I think he's older than, than that. 40. Yeah, he's forty three. Yeah, like they they corrected me. The the technical <sighs> people in our group corrected me. But either way, he's old, man. Like he's old. So even if he goes to Tampa and he looks like the worst version of Peyton Manning, like he's supposed to look that way. He's old now. You know, I don't expect him to throw the ball fifty five, sixty yards down the field on, on a on a on a rope. Like it's not a fair it's not a fair assessment at this point in his in his career. And coaches will always outlast players, obviously. So it's just a silly silly thing that I just hope doesn't come up. Um like if Brady plays bad. Like I anticipate him playing bad. I mean my looking at what I saw last year and, and him going to this offense that I think is is more vertical related I'm keeping yep. my expectations low. He's a competitor. Um, he's he's smart. He's obviously got a lot of experience under his belt, and he's got um, weapons. So I'm just going to keep my expectations low. Um, with that being said, I'm not – I still think he should have went to San Diego – or, sorry, Los Angeles. I, I like the Chargers set up better. They got a better defense. I, do. um, I don't necessarily think their offensive line is that bad, um, but the main thing is he's got somebody like Keenan Allen, who's an excellent, excellent route runner, probably one of the slightly underrated route runners. I think most people and know Eckler about, uh, is uh,
0: like the back he lives off of.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the he's the back that he can dump to. Um, what do they got Hunter Henry, I think was the um the Titan. tight end. Yep. He's a, yeah, he's a big body. Mike Williams is a big body, so you got all these safety nets and, and granted you're going to get a coach in Anthony Lynn, who believe it or not actually knows how to coach an offense. He's an offensive coordinator. Um, I think for the bills, um, I think he started out as a running back coach, but then went up to offensive coordinator. So it's not like he's never called plays or doesn't understand how an offense works. I mean, the, the um, charges offense under Philip Phillip rivers was doing just fine. Uh, Brady typically protects the ball a little bit better. And, it just seemed like it would be a better fit there because he could lean on that defense because they still got a solid defense. they were just hurt last year, and yep, in that division, you've got two two games that are relatively easy. maybe he doesn't want to go play in in at mile high, but heck, he doesn't like playing in Miami either, so he could take that one loss and then um you got a good good matchup against the Chiefs. Um, and then the Las Vegas Raiders who are just, I don't know, who knows what they're doing, but I mean it's not like he ran from the division. Maybe he just wanted to come out to the NFC and just write his own, write his own legacy. Cause he's a big Joe Montana guy. Montana was with San Francisco. And I think part of the lure of going to Kansas city was, I mean, I can't speak for it at that time. Cause I was like under 10, but just saying I could see him wanting to play in another conference to kind of add on to his legacy, like, Go like like LeBron going to the the West and and um, in this case Brady's going to the NFC so he's definitely got a, a pretty fun schedule too from uh, what I understand.
0: He does. Uh, before we and I, I want to talk a little bit about that myself, but before we get like right into that, can we just take a second to think about like what has ended? Uh, you know, basically in the last 24 hours, a, a dynasty that will I – don't, I don't think we'll ever see it in any sports. I mean, this thing started in 2000. Uh, you know, it, it made it all the way to 2020. It started with a quarterback getting hurt and really a season thinking it was being lost. It looked like Belichick was going to lose his job again. And then they just caught fire. They end up winning that surprising, shocking Super Bowl against the Rams. They get two more in a short period. Uh, Then, you know, they load up in 2007. They go undefeated. They they have the first heartbreaking loss. Brady gets hurt. takes a couple years. They get back to the Super Bowl. And when they lost that second Super Bowl to the Giants, I remember thinking, well, that was a great run for the Pats and, you know, Brady and Belichick. And you got to think in the next eight years, I think they went to the AFC Championship game every single time. They went to three more – or, excuse me, four more Super Bowls. They won three of them. We, we won't talk about the one really big comeback, but they had the other comeback against the Seahawks, and it's just—it's amazing. Six Super Bowl wins, uh, what was it nine trips to the, the to the Super Bowl? Nine AFC title victories. I believe it was seventeen AFC championship appearances and a 20-year run. It, it's just insane, and we won't see anything like this again. So. Let's not just immediately move on to the, you know, Brady versus Belichick, who will be better, all that stuff, without at least saying that. Now, I'm with you that Tampa Bay doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I'm a little surprised more than anything just because you have really three pretty good franchises in the division, and the Bucks are not one of them. You know, you look, they haven't made the playoffs, I believe, since 07. Uh, you have the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints who are all, rosters that have been pretty good for the last decade, you know, consistently good. Uh, all three have been to a Super Bowl. It, it, it's it's just surprising that that's where he chose to go. But, I mean, I, I'm with you that I don't think you should be saying who's better off because it's not fair to Brady. He, he's kind of been at a disadvantage. Uh, if you talk to a lot of people in this argument from the get-go, that it's like it, it almost seems like whenever they lose, it's Brady's fault and whenever they win, it's Belichick's, to be honest, from what I've heard from most people, and to be, you know, putting him in his 21st season up against Belichick, who the Patriots are going to reload. I'm interested to see the odds, uh, because I still like the Pats with Belichick, just about no matter who they put back there in that division. I know the Bills have made some moves, and we'll get to that, but I I think the Pats are going to be better short-term and long-term, obviously, because of that, and... I just – I'm really surprised he didn't go to L.A. I'm with you. Uh, he would have been the star. He would have helped sell tickets in that stadium. Uh, and the other place that I'm really shocked about is if Indy gave one year $25 million to Rivers, do you not think that that means they at least were in talks with Brady? Because to me, Indy would have been a much better situation for him. That's a division similar uh, in a lot of ways to the one that he was in that – you could argue if there's a real-deal quarterback in there. I mean, I guess Tannehill would, would be the guy and Deshaun Watson, but Watson just lost his best receiver, uh, and they have a great offensive line. They have some weapons. They have a defense. Do you think that that was even in discussions, or did they just they would rather give Rivers one year $25 million than what Brady's going to get? I
1: mean – Given the fact that Brady and Manning had such a rivalry, I, I highly doubt he considered going to uh, Indy. One, you don't want to be in the Manning shadow or competing with the Manning shadow. And then two, it's just a, a franchise that he probably views as, as a legitimate rivalry um, because him and him and Peyton met a, a few times along the way, and um, it's just probably just no, nah, not really. And not two. Like I mean, the weather's better in Florida. I mean, what a what, who doesn't want to retire in Florida? I think that's where everybody wants to go. <laughs> and um, I I think uh, Aaron's and the team were invested in him, uh, and then also the weapons. Obviously, the main thing the weapons in Tampa are way more enticing than Ty playing six or seven games and, and having a bunch of rookies you got to coach up again. So yeah, I I. Understand why Tampa? I just personally thought that the uh, Los Angeles Chargers situation was a little bit more enticing.
0: Well, but the one thing I haven't heard a lot of people saying is everybody talking about the Bucks' weapons. And if they're all healthy, yeah, I agree. But they don't really have a star running back, I guess, unless you want to call Jones potentially. I know they could get one in free agency or the draft, but. Both of those receivers, right, had lower, like, they had leg injuries, correct, that ended their career late in the season?
1: Um, I don't think it was anything too crazy, not to my knowledge. I mean, Godwin was balling b- before he got hurt. And then Evans, Evans is always banged up, but he typically plays through it for the most part. And I, I don't think it's anything that would be too concerning.
0: Okay, so it was a shutdown out of – for, well, because he had, you're right, so I just looked it up. Evans had a hamstring injury. I thought Godwin, like, tore his ACL or something, uh, and it just, to me, you never know how a guy's going to come back, and, you know, Godwin was the one that uh, seems that okay, I'm sorry, you're right, they were both hamstring injuries, so it was nothing uh too serious. I just thought, by the way, they both were just because I had them on my fantasy teams, their seasons ended very quickly. That you know, it had to be a season ending thing, but it looks like it was more to precautions.
1: It was probably more to the fact that it was Jameis Winston at quarterback. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, they were frustrated. The the <laughs> I was a Jameis, I was a Jameis fan. I'm still kind of a Jameis fan, but I mean. Who knows? Maybe the the eye surgery will help him. But the turnovers and just some of his decision-making, I would imagine if you're running 45, 50 yards down the field and this dude is throwing the ball in the triple coverage, you would probably be pretty ticked, too.
0: I I agree with you. Uh, So I've been waiting because I didn't want to get you too fired fired up right at the beginning of the podcast. But can, can we move on to talking about the guy that you call pure trash, uh making maybe the worst trade in the modern NFL history. Do you remember a worse trade oh, than what yeah. Bill O'Brien just signed off with DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals? I mean I they mean, got
1: fleeced. Now the Herschel Walker trade's still the, the ultimate fleece, man. Like I don't think you I don't think anybody's ever That's thirty years that. ago though, that. man. I yeah mean, yeah no but it's still the history. ultimate It's still the ultimate fleece. I got you um, I got yeah. you. I so here's my thing. I'm not that high on Hopkins. Um And I'm not saying that, like, oh, I don't think he's good. No, he's definitely a top five receiver. I just think the gap is wider than people want to give credit to uh, for the Michael Thomas's and AB's in the league and then the DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, in any other era, he maybe would be probably in the same spot, actually. (laughs) So I don't know, man. Like, it's not a bad trade for the Cardinals, it is extremely. In an extremely dumb trade by the Texans. And then you look at what um, the Vikings got for Stefan Diggs. And then I want to say I saw, I saw reports <laughs> that Bill O'Brien was basically telling people that that it was just a thing where like he didn't really get along with Hawkins or Hawkins wasn't getting along with him. Just something stupid. And I, I pray that that's not true. I pray that it's just, just a rumor. But I will say it on air, like I said it last time in print. Why in the hell do these NFL owners give these loser coaches total control of their teams? Like if you can't – you're a coach. You can't win football games. You can't coach. I'm not going to trust you with the roster. I don't – it's just stupid to me. And then the worst part about it is the Texans actually had one of the best GMs in the league. Like everybody loved that guy that um ended up I think he took a leave because his wife passed away, which is unfortunate. But like he, he's coming back. They got a guy he's not coming back to the Texas, but he's coming back to the NFL. But they've got a guy in place right now that's supposed to be either like interim GM or something like that. But at the end of the day, decisions that are made by the on the for the roster are made by Bill O'Brien. And I just think it was it's absolutely trash man that doesn't help the show Yo, well, this you go ahead go ahead because if, if
0: you, if you hmm. go, no you're good if you google the houston texas general managers it has chris olsen interim and then bill o'brien and literally the words de facto and yeah, it's just yeah. like what are you doing this guy can't even manage the end of games we just went over that a few months ago and you're letting him basically tear down this team. And he did some weird trades last year. The clowny trade didn't make a lot of sense. What they gave up for Duke Johnson, who did basically nothing for him. And for me, the thing about the Hopkins deal was he had, what, three more years at $13 million, which I know as we just discussed, you know, he's going to probably end up holding out at some point or wanting to restructure because that's what these guys do. But, I mean, it's just to basically get back David Johnson, I believe it was a second-round pick, and then a pick swap, and that's it. And Stefan Diggs went for a first, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and a fourth-rounder uh, in the next year's draft. And it's going – Diggs is nowhere near in the league that you know Hopkins is, and I am sure that there is so many GMs and teams right now kicking themselves that they were not acquiring about DeAndre Hopkins. And it just kind of shows the stupidity of Bill LeBron. It's like if you're going to make that deal with the Cardinals, unless he is just absolutely sold David Johnson as the answer at running back, which, I mean, he needs to stay healthy for like a minute, uh, I just – I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand. You, sh- you should be able to get a lot more than that uh, when you look at, like, the trade for OBJ. I mean, hell, what the Falcons gave up just to get Julio – and that was when he was coming out of the draft. And then a guy like this with his track record to just be given to the Cardinals. Uh, so on the side of the Cardinals, how, how good and how quickly do you think that makes that team very explosive? Kenyon Drake was great last year down the stretch. He was a guy I really liked in college and thought could be uh, more of a third down you know, or just not a feature back, I should say. But I mean, he was great down the stretch. They have some talented guys at wide receiver. Uh, like, what do you think that means for the Arizona, you know, franchise moving forward? Um. So obviously, it gives
1: uh, it gives uh, Murray a safety net. Um, I still, I'm I'm on record saying this, and some people might disagree, but it is what it is. I don't really think Hopkins is the. Prototypical receiver that you want in an air raid based offense. Um, Cliff is still running, obviously, air raid um, elements in his offense. Is I don't want to call it a true air raid, but it is 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 an offense that honestly needs to go vertical a little bit more. So um, Murray can buy that time. Hopkins obviously is is good enough to to be that target. So he'll he'll easily transition to be for Murray what they wish that Larry Fitzgerald could be, but Larry's older now. I think uh Christian Kirk is actually the one who will benefit the most with having uh Larry and uh Hopkins, um moving around. I think Larry will probably work more inside again still uh because he's obviously not fast enough to, to do uh the outside work. But um it'll 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 go well. I like to see them get a, a younger um, draft pick too doesn't necessarily have to come in the first round, but if if they did, if they took a shot at getting like a a, a Judy or Jefferson or one of those guys or C D Lamb, one of the three uh, who excel at not only being uh, even Riggs uh, based off of like his speed, like I mean, you could just plug him in in that offense and, and give him some really good matchups as well. But just somebody that can can take advantage of the lack of attention that they're going to get because of uh, Hopkins and and Larry and uh, Christian Kirk working their magic. Um, And just a playmaker, somebody that gets yards after the catch, I really think that's one of the things they were missing last year. I think when Kirk was healthy, uh, they were at their best as far as, like, how they looked on offense. Uh, Drake helps a lot, too, because he's athletic and and, – Cliff has, has figured out ways to really get him involved as well. So um, it's definitely a positive. I'm, I'm not knocking it at all. But when I see pictures of Larry Fitzgerald and D-Hop with Colin with, uh, Murray and people are like, how good are they going to be? And, and I see that their odds for, for going to the Super Bowl are, are dropping like 25 points. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, hold on now. It ain't – like, he's good, but he couldn't get the Texans to the Super Bowl he ain't got to get the Cardinals to the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, come on, people. that division,
0: especially.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but it is a positive, and um, I, I'm glad for Kyler, just as, just as I'm glad for Josh Allen for getting weapons. And I will disagree with you on Stephen Diggs. I think he's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. He's just a, a little bit of a head case. But when he balls, he balls, man. You get him the ball, like, He's another guy that, that is a sneaky, crisp route runner, and uh, his hands are good, and he's not somebody that you really want to have to cover on an island by yourself because he's he's fast, and, again, his route runnings are very, very uh, precise, and his hands are, are pretty good too. So um, Hopkins' hands yeah, but... by far are up there. Yeah, hand-wise, when it comes to catching the ball, especially contested, I give him full props. Him and Michael Thomas are definitely neck and neck with that. But overall, like route tree and, and, and yards after the catch and things like that, I just really don't think he's like elite at those things. He's good, but he's not. To me, he's just not elite at those things. And I, when I look at Michael Thomas and A. B. when he was, you know, doing his thing in the league, like they were elite on all levels, catching and, and yards after the catch and and route running things of of that nature. Like they were just really elite. Like Hopkins is a is a bully, and and I don't I don't know. I just I just don't see him as the same level of elite. Like I feel like we need another classification for him because he's not Michael Thomas and he's not an AB, but he's good. He's uh, great. At I, I, I good, we're
0: we're gonna we're gonna disagree on that when you look at some of the guys <laughs> that he's had throwing the ball and he continues to put numbers. That's fine. But two things I want to get on this and then we'll move to another topic. <laughs> this, the, this is how bad the Texans are right now and how messed up they are. Because the one thing I was thinking was maybe the David Johnson thing would work out. And they'll take one of these. There's a ton of really good receivers, right, expected to go in the first, like, 40, you know, picks of the draft. They don't have a draft pick until the 57th pick in the second round. So it's not even like they're going to add a receiver to make up for Hopkins in that basically to the end of the second round. And then with the Stefan Diggs thing, I actually do not think Diggs is not a great player. He is. I think this is going to really hurt Minnesota. I think it's going to really hurt Phelan. Uh But... My thing is, you said it, he's a head case. It was more about, like, what you got for Diggs than compared to what the Texans got for uh, Hopkins. And Diggs is going to find out, like, Kirk Cousins is a bum in a lot of ways, but he's accurate. Josh Allen is not accurate. And you just said this is a guy that he wants the ball. How do you think he's going to feel when there's that first game that Josh Allen looks like he does a lot of weeks where he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn? and Stephon Diggs is in his ear going, get me the ball, get me the ball. And it's even a worse thing because they're trying to get him the ball, and it's just Josh Allen is not capable of it. I just I worry that that could be a combustible situation. I think if Stephon Diggs is with a quarterback that is extremely accurate and he's going to be your number one receiver, he is a gangbuster. But I do worry with his issues last year when they were having some success, he was getting a good bit of targets. I know he had like one or two games where it wasn't. Uh, You know, he was really unhappy, did some weird stuff, and that just scares me. I don't know what his contract numbers are, what he's got left on it, if they're planning on extending him. But you give up that kind of haul, I'm assuming that they are going to have him being one of their pieces moving forward. And if Josh Allen is, you know, the quarterback getting him the ball, he's going to have to make a pretty big leap from what guys smarter than me have told me about his accuracy issues, which I'm talking about like you and RC, that watch a lot of tape in order to keep somebody like Stefan Diggs happy and make him worth the investment that they're giving for him. All
1: right. First of all, watch how you talk about my boy Josh Allen. All
0: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Josh Allen fan, um, but, I mean, obviously the the accuracy thing – I can't even say thing because it sounds like I'm minimizing. The accuracy is an issue, okay? Uh, I knew that coming out of college. I tried to 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 mask it. Um, Ronnie's not here to to get his I Told You So in. So by the time he hears <laughs> it, I'll come up with a good excuse. But the thing about um Kirk Cousins that I think really bothered Stefan uh Stefan Diggs is that Kurt was gun shy about a lot of things. He's very, he's very conservative. He's not He's not going to take unnecessary risk. You don't have to worry about that with Josh Allen. <laughs> I mean, he's going to throw it. If you tell him to throw it, he's going to throw it. So, I mean, I don't think targets is going to be an issue. Uh, accuracy, he might get a little ticked off if he's stretched out and getting drilled by um by, um by DBs. But the thing about Josh Allen that, that really helps is that he's not as inaccurate across the middle of the field as he is when he goes – um, outside the numbers but he can literally just put the ball out there. I mean, it, it'll be 80 yards, but you gotta run under it, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what Diggs wants, man. He wants a more vertical offense and um, Kirk Cousins was reluctant to to really go vertical and uh, at the times that he did, Thielen and, and Diggs were dominating people, but it just was not consistent enough for him And and I think he made that known when he was vocal about it, especially when Dylan was out. They really didn't use Diggs like they should have, and I and I think that's what ticked him off the most. So um, he ain't going to have to worry about that. Um, he he will be the wide receiver one undisputed out there. Um, Brown will be on the other side stretching defenses, and, and I mean, we see Brown get a, a bunch of big plays. I have no doubt that Diggs will also find his way of getting big plays as well.
0: Are the Bills now your favorite to win the AFC East? Who? The Bills. Oh. <laughs> um,
1: I gotta see what the what the Patriots do for the quarterback situation before I answer that. What um, well, if
0: they mean, get Matthew right. Stafford? Because that's being floated out oh, there.
1: Oh gosh, well if they get Stafford, then I mean, give me the Patriots, but I don't think they're gonna get Stafford. Okay. Um, we were. I think some people, some fans in the group, were talking about that, and I didn't look into it too much, but I, I didn't really think he was really available to them. I don't, I don't think they've got. There the has, graphic. there's
0: been. Well, I was gonna say, put this just, way, I put. know if it about, happens, like On the Pat Strap, I, go ahead. Yes. I
1: was gonna say, if it happens, I need collusion investigation for Patricia and Bill. And like, mm. <laughs> well, that's what that's what people are talking about it. <laughs> yeah, on the surface on the surface it doesn't really look like they got anything to properly compensate them with to, to get Matthew Stafford, but um Stafford Stafford would definitely be able to run that offense and, and run it well. Um he's got the arm strength to to make the throws as necessary and he's actually pretty accurate um underneath as well. I think a lot of people just they can't shake the Matthew Stafford from the Megatron era. Um, that that just literally used to launch and launch and launch. But when he was with Jim Bob Cooter and stuff, and he had, um, who is it, Um, my boy uh, from um, Notre Dame, I'm drawing a blank, he played for the Seahawks as well. Y'all know who I'm talking about. But anyway, when he had him and Marvin Jones and things like that, um, he was um, very accurate and um, pretty good with his timing routes. And I I think that's what you need uh, to make the Patriots offense work. But the Patriots got a lot of work to do, man. I'm going to give them the respect that as, a, as a franchise that still has the head coach who knows what he's doing and uh, a couple of veteran players that are still left over from, obviously, Super Bowl winning, um, the Super Bowl winning era and things like that. Like they know how to win football games. And Bill obviously knows how to coach. Uh, they're still one of the best teams when it comes to scouting players and, and picking up people in the draft that, that make instant impacts. But um, they've got to get younger weapons and they've got to get uh younger weapons with like better skill sets. I mean, that's ultimately what hurt Brady last year, man. Like guys just couldn't get open. They just couldn't get separation. Like when the Patriots started having trouble scheming people open like Edelman, like when those rub routes stopped working and things like that, I knew it was like the it was over. It was over. So, um I'm going to I'm going to give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt and say I can't answer that question right now. <laughs>
0: they're still the just just so you know right now they're still the favorites at minus 110 buffalo is plus 175 the jets are plus 650 and i'm going to tell you if you're going to take a like a chance the dolphins are 10 to 1 and i really like some of the moves that they made like the way they played last year i know the problem is it looks like tua is the quarterback that they're gonna end up with and who knows if he's ready but you know, I mean, I think the East could be wide open depending on the Patriots quarterback uh, situation, especially if Stidham from uh, Auburn is the starting quarterback uh, going into next who's, season.
1: Who's the Dolphins quarterback still? Right now it's Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so no, they're not going to win the division. It's <laughs> so Fitzpatrick, man. Like, no, no. He's got, he's got a shelf life of... Maybe nine games where he he could be good, but, and then he. Just, well, that's what I'm saying, awesome. though, but
0: let's let's say Tua Tua could come in halfway through the season. Could Fitzpatrick keep them afloat because I'm higher on Tua. I know that most people are, but I think he's going to be really good. Uh, and I, and would, I think the Dolphins actually.
1: I would Go think ahead. that any team that drafts Tua would err on the side of caution and not play him at all next year. Like okay. no. That's even right. if he's even if he's medically cleared just just given his injury history it really ain't worth it also too I will say this that historically speaking teams who spend big bucks over the off season don't necessarily uh do that well in the in the next year uh Flores is what in his second year coaching third year this mm-hmm. is the second, year. Yes. second year second year so you second still gotta take yeah second year you gotta take that in consideration as well um they have a lot of positives uh off of last year, especially with the effort that the team gave him. And um they still got Devontae Parker? Yep. Okay, well they still got Parker, they got a weapon. They but, got I mean, a little... coming
0: back. They just they just signed yeah. Calvin right. North for New England, sound Jordan I'm just saying it it's interesting at ten to one when it's a division that's open. Uh yeah, let's I don't talk really about like that, quarter... you go ahead. I was just No, you're I know you don't you don't like that you don't like my Dolphins pick. It was just it was just you know <laughs> thinking out loud, Pro. All right, so let's let's talk about the quarterback roulette real quick. And I'm going to go over these, and then you tell me. We can go in any direction you want to. We got Brady going to Tampa. We don't know who's going to be the New England quarterback. The Vegas Raiders, I got that right. They're signing Marcus Mariota from Tennessee. I have still not seen what the actual contract for that is. I'm very curious to see what they're paying him. You got Philip Rivers which is one of my favorite moves to the Colts. 1 year, 25 million. I just think he might have one season left and the Colts are a team built to win now. You got Pork my man Cam Newton who I really do think in some ways Carolina has done him wrong, but they came out today that they're going to he made a request to be traded. Cam said no he didn't. Basically that equates to He's not going to be back. And then if you needed any more evidence of that, they signed Teddy Bridgewater today from New Orleans, three years, $60 million at quarterback. With that quarterback carousel, we're not including, you know, Dak and obviously Cousins who got a, a re-up. What most intrigues you? What most surprised you? You know, which one do you want to talk about a little bit?
1: Um, the most intriguing is Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think a lot of people forget about uh, – his familiarity with Joe Brady uh, from New Orleans I mean Joe Brady uh of of the uh Burrow and LSU fame um is what people know now but I mean his roots are in the NFL um he studied under uh, Sean Payton Sean Payton really loved him um actually tried to talk him out of going to LSU um which makes you think that he's confident <laughs> like he well not well confident in his abilities to one day Uh, be more than what he was, um, thought that the LSU thing was a step down for him. And uh, now he gets a quarterback who's probably going to be familiar with the lingo and the things that he wants to do. And it really does bode well for the, um, for the um, Panthers that they've got chemistry between the signal caller and quarterback already. um, That, that'll really help them um, once they get it like, you know, hit the ground running. Um, It also helps uh, rule who's, um, Newton to the NFL just kind of takes a little bit of stress off his plate as well. Um, outside of that, I don't really, I, I'm not surprised about what they did to Cam. Um, I think it, it helps. I just more, I'm more interested on what the market is for Cam Newton. Not that, like I said last year and I stand by it. He's definitely better than over half the league easily. I just want to know who's interested, like who would, who would be considering, um, taking Cam Newton. And then, um, other than that, I don't really have anything. I'm I'm not, like I said, not shocked about Brady, not really shocked about Rivers. Um, I disagree with you on Rivers and and the Colts being built to win now, but, um, no, other than that, that's, that's all I got. I've got to go with Joe Brady and the, um, the uh, Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater, I think they they won the day. Maybe Cam goes to uh, to Chicago.
0: Does he want to take hits? That's the question, right? Because if he goes to Chicago, it's going to be a lot of run oriented, run pass option stuff. And I just I don't know if you know that's that's what's going to make him succeed. I just don't know if he's at a point with how much he's been being injured and where he's at in his career, is that what he wants to do? Because I still think that if Cam Newton is healthy and is the Cam Newton from even just two years ago before he got hurt, he's still one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league if he can truly use his legs and, uh, you know, basically be Cam. Because people all the time talk about guys that didn't have a lot of weapons. You know, I I argue that who did really Cam have – uh, over the last couple of years, I know they got McCaffrey, but he's really only played about, I think, nine or ten games with McCaffrey uh, over his career because he's been hurt so much.
1: I mean, Cam definitely carried that offense for for years and years and years. Uh, there's a lot of mileage on his body in the Nagy offense. Uh, like you think, you think Nagy, you think Andy Reid, you think of how they typically design plays to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly cam doesn't necessarily fit that mole as the type of quarterback that can um process quickly and get rid of the ball but i mean neither is mitch trubisky and, and he's better than mitch so <laughs> i mean i i think he would be safer if he wants to like if, if there are concerns that he can't hold up body-wise i think he would be safer in in Chicago because he'll be with the with a coach who who's going to design plays to his skill set and and try to keep him safe because like think about it Mitch doesn't take a lot of hits and uh, he's he's been able to basically running and go as he please like that's his best asset is running um, and he's he's survived and um, made a name for himself as a as a mobile quarterback I think if Cam wants to do that at this point in his career. And and um, protect himself from getting hits, then Nagy could definitely be the type of guy that would would be able to do that. Other than that, I don't know exactly how he fits the offense from from a passing scheme. But guys like Andy Reid and, and and basically Andy Reid's tree, I have the utmost confidence in, in coming up with ways to work with whoever they have as quarterback. I, I really think they that. That's pretty much what Andy Reid instills in all of his staff from an offensive standpoint, is that anybody we put back here, we can move the ball with. And I think that with somebody with that mentality, Cam could really use that. He's never had that before. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Ron Rivera, he probably still thinks that two tight ends and, and the fullback and a... And, uh, A wishbone offense is is the way to go, and somebody probably had to force him him not to do that. But it just seems like a meathead to me, you know, and and Nagy's more of a fresher mind um, and and the direction that the league is ultimately going to be going in in regards to fresh offensive-minded coaches. And he's been limited with Trubisky, and I I don't think it's any secret that they, they want a quarterback competition out there. They want somebody that can that can help them win games and win games now. And Cam Newton, if he's healthy, is, is that guy. I mean he's still gonna give you the same ability to move the chains with his legs, but he's he's a better passer, slightly better passer than Mitch Trubisky. I mean Mitch all right, that's just he's a way better passer than Mitch Trubisky. So it it would be one of those situations that it could work out for both parties, I think.
0: Who would you, if you're the New England Patriots going into next season, do you stick with Stidham, which, you know, who knows how much they believe in him? Or do you go out with the guys really left on the market? You got, I guess, Newton. uh, You have Winston. Uh, The guy that I think is an underrated person, not too many people are talking about, is Andy Dalton. He's got one year left with the Bengals. Uh, You know, they're going to obviously draft Joe Burrow, we're pretty sure. I don't think they're going to need Andy Dalton with Joe Burrow on their team. Uh, I could see the Pats making a move and, and potentially getting Dalton for cheap. And, I mean, I think they're going to be looking for a guy, right, that just uh, – they're not going to be asking him to win games. They're just going to be asking him not to lose games with the, with the coach that Bill Belichick is, don't you believe?
1: Um, yeah, I mean – I would like for I would like for Andy Dalton to go to the Patriots. I mean, the Bengals said they wanted to send him to somebody that he can compete in or, or compete with and win. I don't know how sincere they were about that, but I mean, what better spot than New England? Um, I think I don't think Cam Newton would fit in that offense um, or McDaniel, I don't trust McDaniel's to design anything uh, that Cam Newton could could really. Be effective in. Absolutely. I like I like Stidham. I like Stidham because I liked him in college. But I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and this goes back to <clears> the Baylor days. Um, so I'm a little biased. But I I truly believe that if coached up, he could definitely win games in the NFL. He's a good passer, man. He just has to be polished a little. But he's not gonna set the world on fire. But in the same breath, if the Patriots were not willing to to budge and give brady the money he wanted it makes me wonder if if they just honestly are the type of um organization that just thinks that nobody's above the rules or if they really believe that stidham is ready or or they got their eyes on somebody that they think could potentially fill that void and they can keep it moving so um if it's not going to be stidham i think andy dalton would be your first target after Andy Dalton, I hate to say Jameis Winston because he doesn't protect the ball enough, but <sighs> who knows, man? I mean, he's still a talented thrower. It's just he's got to throw those, he got to get those picks out the way. And the, and the main thing that um, the Patriots have always done well while under Brady and, and throughout their dynasty years is that they were efficient. They never gave a lot up. Um, And that goes for turnovers. And they were really good at taking it away um, uh, with their Bimba-Don't-Break style defense. So um, I don't know if he's necessarily the route you want to go. I I would say that would be my last option.
0: And uh, could you see the Pats this season turning into sort of what the Dolphins did this year where it's just a fire cell where they realize – early that okay we don't have the pieces to truly compete this year let's uh make maneuvers stockpile draft picks and and try to really come back as a force in 2021 you know potentially with some of the quarterbacks are on the free agent market or just some of the players that are going to be free agents in that in that you know next season or do you just not see that being in new england's dna
1: no, nah, definitely not, man. You talking about an organization that has been winning consistently for the last twenty years? They're not going to tank. If they do tank, then everybody should be scared because they're definitely going to. They're not going to be like the the Dolphins and, and actually win games. If if they did flat out tank, it would definitely be to get sunshine, and then I would be very afraid and, and be that, upset. That's,
0: <laughs> and that's, that's that's what I'm saying. Because this is the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. But, I mean but like, you could almost I mean, see them signing Jay Winston and letting him throw it sixty times a game, right?
1: Uh, you know, you imagine, to... could you imagine Bill like coming in day in, day out and intentionally losing games like we're we're talking about a guy who who basically got embarrassed by his uh understudy uh last year. I, I really think that he's he's a little ticked off and, and probably more motivated based off of how their season went last year and um I can't see him just coming in just to lose games. I don't think he would stay for that.
0: I think you're actually you convinced me. I think you're right. Uh, he's got too much pride, and that's why if they get into the plus, you know, territory, I would you know hammer the Pats. But I can't believe they're still the favorite, uh, having lost their quarterback for the last twenty years. I mean that's insane, and I guess that shows you the respect that Vegas or, uh, you know, the betting public has on Belichick and, and the organization. Uh, is there anything else that we have missed? Oh, actually, I know what I want to talk about real quickly, and this is selfishly. What do you think about the moves my Falcons have made? They have cut Devontae Freeman. We knew that was coming. I, I was a little shocked that they cut Font only because I had not heard that he was one of the pieces that they were going to let go. And then they got Hayden Hurst from Baltimore for a second-round draft pick to replace Austin Hooper, who signed with Cleveland for an ungodly amount of money. Uh, Do you like the moves that they're making? Are they being smart because they don't have a lot of cap space and flexibility? Or am I just in for another season of heartache?
1: No, I mean, they're being smart. I mean, they're dumping it where they can dump it. Um, I will say that I didn't like the Austin Hooper move um, by the Browns, I think he was overpaid, but I mean he's definitely a um a reliable passing option. Hayden Hurst, I do not understand the love for Hayden Hurst. I'm I'm sorry, I've been on record saying that in the group and in chats. I don't I don't get it. I don't know. The guy wasn't he wasn't even their main like target as far as catching passes and it's not really that fast. He's not really that special after he gets the ball in his hands. And in today's game, like I don't know too many people that's out here rushing the sign, blocking tight ends. I would consider him a blocking first tight end. I just it just wasn't special, man. I, I and then you lose a guy like Cooper and you replace him with Hurts. It's kind of a, a downgrade, like a drastic downgrade to me. But maybe maybe it was just how Baltimore used him. So um we'll see. Uh ultimately I think the Falcons are a team is because of their uh their cap they're going to have to build through the draft so you you can't really base anything off of what's going on yeah you can't base anything off of right now you guys got enough of um experience at least on the offensive side of the ball like you you probably going to have to be that team that the offense has got to carry you and then you just got to coach up your defense and 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 Quinn should be able to do that but um y'all got to stay healthy that's always been a problem with you guys, no, too, for sure. especially on the defensive side. you got to stay healthy. But, yeah, move-wise, I don't have any complaints
0: about what the Falcons have done.
1: I mean, I think they, they've done what they, they needed to do to this point.
0: And I just want to say with Hooper that for people who have not been Falcons fan and actually watched him, you know, game after game for the four years he's been here, I, I, I'm not sure where to stand on it because I honestly think that this last year, the numbers were a little inflated because the offense, we were down so much early in games that, I mean, a lot of Ryan's stats, Julio stats, everybody's stats this year were a little inflated because of the team that we had and how bad we were particularly early in the year. Uh, so, But it would also be the most Atlanta Falcons thing ever To have this guy, Hooper, that when we drafted, we absolutely loved him. I mean, all my buddies who are big Falcons fans were all so excited about him, and he was so disappointing the first two seasons. Uh, The third season, he was a lot better, but he still struggled with drops. He seemed like he dropped every important, uh, you know, pass thrown to him. And then it just would be so Atlanta Falcons for him to have this breakout year right before he's a free agent. He goes somewhere else, and then he becomes this tight end staple for the next four or five years. And, you know, we put in the, the the time where basically he was having his learning curve and then don't get to reap any of the benefits of the player that he eventually became. So, But I'm trying to be a little bit optimistic going into this season, as I've tried to explain to you. It's very difficult as a Falcons fan, and it scares the shit out of me, pardon my French, when you tell me that we have to rely on the draft class because Dimitrov has consistently, like, made his best picks in, like, the fifth and sixth round And that would be great if the guys earlier were good and not guys like Vic Beasley, who we passed on so many superstars for in the NFL, and we just let him walk, and he just signed with the Tennessee Titans, and he did nothing uh, when he was in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I mean, the draft is hit or miss, but, I mean, when you ain't got the money to spend, that's what you got to do. A lot of misses, though.
0: Uh, A lot of misses with those guys. Yeah. A lot of misses. Yeah, it is.
1: It's not easy, but, but when you, you know, like in the case of Vic Beasley, when you overlook, like, blatant talent, it's like, come on, man. No. Come on. So, um, yeah, I, so I, we, I was going to say we just jam-packed an hour. Was it a full hour? Yeah, a full hour in just in yeah. NFL offseason. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm glad that the NFL was giving us something. Usually around this time we're talking about basketball wow. drama. Or golf, yeah, or golf. I was gonna say it's been rough, man. I, oh, let me uh, give a shout out to um, the Louisiana Derby, which is this weekend. I mean, I gotta bet something, so I'm betting on the ponies. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not an All Star member, um, I mean, join so you can get my bets on uh, the horse races. I do. I normally do well on the Kentucky Derby, Freakness, Belmont, the three big races. I've never bet the Louisiana Derby, so this will be an adventure for all of us. Um, I'm going to try um, Exaticas and Trifectas and things like that. I'm going to get a little creative, and and it's more of a just stay busy bet. Um, I am going to heavily cap the horses, like the exact winner, because I usually always do that, but like, you know, the other stuff, exaticas and trifectas and things like that. Um, I'm just going to research it and, and take a shot at it. If we win, that'd be great. If not, I mean, it's all for fun. You don't have to put a lot on it. It's like a dollar or something like that. Um, but either way, come have that adventure with me. In the meantime, I will be doing baseball, golf, and all those things. When they continue, um, we will be back with a, our regularly scheduled uh, podcast.
0: They uh, also just want to promote the IB Sports page. We got the uh, what is it? What do y'all call it? The member March Madness tournament? Is that what y'all call it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's the member March Madness tournament. I ain't got nothing to do with that, but it's it's in the group.
0: Well, I was gonna say if you think that I am above or have too much pride to uh, ask for your vote tomorrow for my matchup, which I believe it goes up tomorrow, and the ten-seven seed. Uh, You're wrong, so please vote for me uh, if you listen to this podcast, Team Turnbuckle. And then uh, it's crazy in wrestling right now. Me and Ron L, who have been doing the Team Turnbuckle Wrestling Podcast for Ivy Sports, we're going to get together sometime this week, do a podcast. We're going to talk about the – dude, I don't know if you you heard or saw this. They had empty SmackDown and Rawls where literally they did it in front of no crowd, and it quickly became apparent that the real star – and uh, wrestling is the fans it, w- it was it was really eerie But we're going to put together actually Where we talk a little bit about that And then with Wrestlemania still uh, It's going to happen It's going to happen in an empty arena We're going to do basically a breakdown Of some of our favorite moments From the Wrestlemania's past And then we will eventually do a Wrestlemania preview podcast as well So listen to that uh, Obviously the NBA podcast I guess is on hold right now Alan?
1: Yeah, yeah we might not come back
0: uh, trying to shut it down it it's it, and i just want to say it's like i guess the one bright side that we could look at in this if if there is a bright side is the fall could be insane i was telling somebody the other day that you could potentially have uh maybe the nba playoffs going into early fall uh college football back nfl they're talking about the masters in october i'm assuming the PGA championship will be around then And uh, so maybe the one upside is we're going to get a few months where it's going to be uh, honestly just overflow with all the things that you can gamble on. Uh, And then just obviously, you know, think about those that uh, especially in the collegiate and high school level, I thought that was really well said what Alan said about the guys that, you know, potentially have missed out on their senior season, and even on the college rule, I'm glad they're doing that for seniors, but I hate to think about the freshmen and sophomores who, you know, they're losing a year, uh, and then that senior might be starting above them, and they're coming back, and they're not actually gaining an extra year if you're an underclassman. So, uh, you know, it's still going to mess up some of the kids' college experience, playing time, et cetera. But uh, you want to continue to try to do this podcast every week, right, and we'll talk about whatever we got to talk about. We'll get into marble racing if we have to.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely there. I'm a I'm I can talk about anything sports related, so um I'll give it a shot. I'm sure some, some other news will break. I mean we, we still got uh like Cam Newton and things like that, places that people can go and and um as corona tensions hopefully ease, uh other people will start talking more about when the schedules will pick back up and when sports will start again.
0: Well, uh, obviously, I wish we were talking about other things, but always is good to talk to you. I want you to be safe. I want everybody out there to be safe. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will not last as long as it has to, uh, or any longer than it has to. And we'll be back talking about the stuff that uh, we would rather be talking about. But uh, this has been an edition of the backdoor cover. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a little horse racing that will have the same coming into next week's episode. Here comes the What's money. Here we go. Money talk.
1: Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, <laughs> money,
0: money, 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 money. dollar. dollar. dollar.